Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Believe in Navy Football Podcast. I'm Bill Wagner, longtime sports writer with the Capital Gazette newspapers and the Baltimore Sun Media Group. Been covering Navy for close to three decades now. And I'm joined by my co-host, Keenan Reynolds, the record-setting quarterback uh, who is was captain of the 2015 Navy football team. Our other host, co-host, Eric Catani, is on assignment, so he can't join us today. Uh, tonight, as we talk about Notre Dame, this is the Notre Dame preview. And Keenan, let's just get right to it. Why don't you talk about some of your memories of Notre Dame games? And uh, we, you just mentioned that you played in the season opener in 2012 when Navy traveled to Dublin, Ireland to take on Notre Dame and lost 50 to 10. And then yeah. you were the starter in 2013 when Notre Dame won 38-34 in a close one, which I would like to hear more about how that game went and whether well, what Navy, you know, how close it really was and whether you had a chance to win late. And then uh, 49-39, a real wild uh, shootout at uh, FedEx Field in Landover. I remember that game. And then your senior year, obviously, uh, not a very competitive 41-24 loss. So what's your memories of playing Notre Dame, Keenan? Yeah, so that uh, 2012 game, um, you know, going to a different country. I just remember Coach Nehemiah telling us we were going to go see the Castles because we were there for a game, and then we ended up getting blown out. And so I was kind of like, as a lowly freshman, I was like, man, we could at least win the see the Castles. I mean, we got blown, we got blown out anyway, like trying to be super focused. So we might as well have, <laughs> <laughs> we might as well have did with that because I think Notre Dame like went on team trips to like sightsee and stuff. And Coach Nehemiah was like, no, we're not doing that. So. I think if, if anything, that's probably the one that's the one decision that I, I questioned from Coach Nehemiah is why did you let us go see the the castles? But um no man, a lot of great games. Very disappointed we couldn't get the win. The most notable one is my sophomore year at Notre Dame. They could not stop us. Um we were going up and down the field and those guys running everything, throwing, running the triple. I mean, I just remember I made probably that's probably the most checks I ever made at the line, changing the play, you know, crowd was loud. Um play clock winding down like exactly what you think of when you think of like the quarterback trying to change a play and, and we were just clicking um and then we get the ball well we were winning in the fourth quarter and then they had like a third and eight and they just threw to their like six seven tight end over the middle and we had nobody that could cover them got the first down ended up going down and scoring that drive we were moving the ball um and we're, we were going to win that game and then fourth and four we ran a reverse and they smelt it and swarmed the ball. I mean, it, it, I, I, I never actually looked at the film of the reverse um, until like actually a few months ago I was watching it. And because I remember I was like, man, it looked like it's going to be a first down. But I was I was kind of pissed off because I wanted the ball on fourth and four. I, I, I felt like coach should have let me uh, carry that one. But nonetheless, like if you look at the film, um, 
it looked like we were about to break one. And then Jalen Smith just does a U-turn and runs uh, Swole, uh, Sean Lynch, a.k.a. Swole, down and makes the play, and we lose the game. So that was a tough one. My, my junior year, I don't remember much, much about that game. Um, I just remember they were like 5-0 and that year and every goal since quarterback. And after our, after they played us, they ended up losing a lot and the season went downhill. And then my senior year, I got hurt. I remember we went right down the field on them after shutting them down uh, three and out. We went right down the field to score. Like we never had a problem scoring on them, like ever. So, uh, you know, while I was a starter. So hopefully we can continue that. Um, and then I was also kind of pissed off that that we actually beat them the year after I left, but you know, it's all good. Uh, that's one thing that I wish I could have did while, uh, while I was still in Navy was beating Notre Dame. So I definitely think we had the team and the time to do it. We just could never get, we could never make the plays we needed to make at the right time. And they just, they found a way to do so. Yeah. Now that you, you describe what happened, I do remember that game. You guys were driving with a chance to you know win the game and that reverse. I remember that ill-fated reverse. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 it was, you know, it's one of those you make it and it's great call, but when you get thrown yeah. for a loss, it's like, you know, why aren't you running option? Let Keenan have the ball in his hands and be the decision maker. But it's yeah, what it I, is. I definitely, I definitely was pretty upset about it. I mean, you know, coach is going to call what they think is best, but I was like, man, fourth and four, give me the ball. Like we were clicking. I was, I was clicking that game. You know, I felt really good. I had a really good feel for what they were doing. But you know, it is what it is. That was like almost 10 years ago. So I should probably get over it now. <laughs> well, obviously, you know, it's the same thing every time Navy plays Notre Dame, always the underdog. And that is the case again. And it looks like the line, and we'll talk about our sponsor, betonline.com uh, coming up, but the line has moved up to 21 points. Is that correct, Chris Cervello? I mean, it looks like everybody's betting the Irish, which I kind of was surprised when the line opened at 19 and it's actually going up. Yeah, it's uh today it was uh, 20 and a half and you can get as much as 21, like you said. Well, I I think and we'll we'll talk to Chris Cervello about this, but I know his feelings that Navy can get this done. Now, obviously, it'll be a shocker. But with the way Navy's played the last few weeks, the close loss to Cincinnati and then going and beating Tulsa, I think Navy's in good position. They're playing with you know more confidence than they've had all season. Um, Keenan, I mean, do you see the makings of a possible upset or is that just, you know, not in the cards? Uh, well, I'm never going, you know, count my guys out, but they're going to have to make some, some drastic improvements in certain areas uh, in, in a week to, to have a chance to win on the road against Notre Dame. Um, we talked about how they played Cincinnati and then we talked about how Cincinnati played Notre Dame. But I think the, the, the missing point in all of that is, Cincinnati's defense got after them dudes. Um, Notre Dame had a real hard time moving the ball, and that was the, kind of the X factor. And it wasn't like Cincinnati put up a bunch of points either. Like, they have a very prolific offense, but they only scored 24 points. So that should tell you um, how good that Notre Dame defense is. So they – obviously, the, the option is the neutralizer, but it's only the neutralizer if you run it correctly. So Ty's going to have to find a way to not miss – continue to miss reads um, – you know, here we are, game. I think this is game either four or five of his tenure. Um, by now, he should be pretty comfortable with what he's seeing, the speed of the game, you know, defenses, et cetera. My guess is they're probably going to be in the odd front. Um, historically, Notre Dame has been a, uh, an even front team. 
but maybe they decide to run the odd front, seeing as the odd front has had a lot of success against us uh, this season. I, most of the games that I've watched, um, all the games I've watched, uh, for the most part, I've seen nothing but odd fronts. So if I'm Notre Dame, I'm thinking, why not? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Like most teams have been successful and we, we got confidence in our defense. So they're going to have to be sharp on special teams. They're going to have to create turnovers on defense. Um, and then on offense, ball control, you know, this is where those 14 play drives are going to be great. But again, you have to sustain them, convert on third down, um, mix it up, keep them on the heels, but also, you know, six, seven minute drives. Those are going to be key. Well, defense is the calling card of this Notre Dame team. The offensive numbers really, if you look at, are somewhat pedestrian. Um, but defensively, they're, they're getting it done. They're holding teams to 24 and a half points per game. Um, they've got a real hoss. I mean, they've got a defensive uh, tackle named Isaiah Foskey, and he is legit. Um, he ranks highly nationally in sacks, fumbles recovered. Uh, force fumbles. I mean, he is a serious playmaker. Um, J.D. Bertrand leads them in uh, solo tackles. He's a, their leading tackler. They're actually going to be without their safety, who's considered an All-American candidate, Kyle Hamilton. He has a knee injury. In fact, may have proved to be season-ending. They're not sure. Listen to the Brian Kelly press conference, and it's still, uh, uh, you know, not – no final prognosis on him, but he's not going to play against Navy, which is good. But, I mean, my concern here is that I think of Navy, Brian Newberry, I do believe, will put together a good defensive package. And I think that Navy could hold Notre Dame under 30, but not, I don't see them holding them much below 30, which I believe to win, Navy's going to have to score at least 28 points, probably a little more. They're only averaging 18.8 points, and this team doesn't give up points. So, Keenan, I mean, from what you've seen, can Navy generate enough offense to win this game? Or is they, or like I mentioned on our Sing Second Sports podcast, maybe the defense needs to get a touchdown to help bolster the scoring. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at their schedule right now. I'm looking at Notre Dame and what points they've given up. They've given up 38, 29, 24, 29, and 34. So they're not, you know, invincible on the defensive side of the ball. You know, 38 to Florida State, yeah, 29 to Toledo, yeah, 29 to Virginia Tech, and 34 to North Carolina. I mean, these are solid teams, obviously, but I mean, they're the teams that they're beating or the teams that, and the teams that they're giving up points to aren't teams that make me say, well, you know, these are prolific offenses. I think if if uh, the one the one point that I maybe would discount would be. Or like be like, wow, that's impressive is the Cincinnati game, just seeing how how explosive they've been against every other team they played. And then for them to hold them to 24, I think is impressive. So I'm not trying to understate their defense. Um, but honestly, like I said, the option is the is the great neutralizer, but it's only the neutralizer if you run it correctly. So the key is gonna be the key is and always has been how does Tide perform? Does he make the right checks? Does he make the right reads? Does he make the right throws? If he does that, they score points. If he doesn't do that, Different story. Now, if he's doing everything right and they're not moving the ball, now it's on the coaching staff. Now it's on them to get them in the right position to move the ball, take advantage of matchups, getting the right play calls. But other than that, I mean, at some point, like I said, like I've been saying for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks, and I sound like a broken record, but, you know, it's on the players to, you know, you have the tools, you know what they're going to do, you know what your adjustments are, make those adjustments on the fly and execute your assignment. And that's all it's going to take. I mean, it's not, like we talked about against Cincinnati, we we were, we were concerned 
because we was like, oh, wow, you know, they held Notre Dame at 13 points. It's a good defense, prolific offense. And then we we were beating them, should have beat them, um, uh, if, if not for a few critical mistakes. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's possible. I think it's doable. And it'll be interesting to see what Navy team shows up on Saturday. Will it be the Navy team we saw last week and the Navy team we saw against Central Florida and the Navy team we saw for, you know, probably the first half of Cincinnati? Maybe. Or will it be the Navy team that we saw against SMU? I don't know. Well, uh, the thing I want to talk to you uh, when we get to our close is about the sophomore quarterback, because I agree. This is Ty Lavatai is the key here. And it's interesting because we talked to Coach Niamatololo about going to Notre Dame Stadium and some guys get there and they're all struck and they get all starry eyed. But we'll talk about that in a second. But first, uh, Chris Cervello, where are you going to go when you go on Bet Online this week? Are, are you going to take Navy to cover that huge 21 point spread? I am going to take Navy to cover that spread. I, I think uh, Navy keeps this game close. I agree with Keenan. If uh, they play uh, two halves on the offensive side, I think they can win. Um, but I definitely think they cover. Um, I also think uh, the over-under is 45 and a half was the last number I saw. I- I'm going to take that, and I think it's over. So I'm going Navy in the points and over on Bet Online. I love it. Well, Bet Online has got a new web interface for the start of basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all of the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50 50- percent welcome bonus on your first deposit just use our promo code believe 50 that's b-l-e-a-v-5-0 to receive your bonus from basketball football baseball postseason nhl boxing and ufc right to your favorite vegas casino games don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports bet online where the game starts Now, we're now going to go to our alumni spotlight brought to you by New Day USA. And we always thank Admiral Tom Lynch, the chairman of New Day USA and the great mortgage company serving veterans, both active and retired, uh, for sponsoring the alumni spotlight. And our guest tonight is Sean McGee, one of my favorite guys. And uh, Sean was at Navy during the turnaround. He was there, member of the 2003 team that went to the Houston Bowl and uh, graduated in 2004 from the academy, uh, served in personnel for most of his career, but we'll talk to him about that. But Sean is now the associate athletic director for football at Michigan, serving under head coach Jim Harbaugh. Sean, glad to have you with us. I guess first and foremost, what is your memories of Paul Johnson showing up in Annapolis taking over the Navy football program, which had kind of hit rock bottom at the end of the Charlie Weatherby era. And next thing you know, two years into his tenure, you're going to the Houston Bowl, had a great season. What's your recollection? And how did Paul Johnson turn around Navy football? Yeah, well, Wags, I appreciate you uh, reaching out and having me on. Uh, Keenan, great to see you as well. It's uh, Likewise. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's an honor to be a part of this. But, uh, but no, but absolutely, to answer your question, you know, during that time frame, uh, really, you talk about a program in transition. You know, uh, you know, Chet had taken over in 2001, the middle of the season, uh, in Coach Weatherby's uh, final year there. Um, you know, Coach Johnson, we were aware of, of the success he'd had. You know, Georgia Southern 
and uh, we're excited as a team um, to potentially be a part of a, a winning program that way and desperately wanted to be a part of a winning program. Um, you know, and really the, the, the first, first and foremost, the thing that, that, you know, coach Johnson instilled and, and, you know, coach Neomont was there. Um, coach Jasper was there was, was just a, a complete and radical culture change uh, instilled a toughness, um, a discipline, uh, you know, doing what's right um, with how to win football games uh, by winning, not just what you did on Saturday, but, but every day of the week, you know, 365 days a year, contributing to, to what it takes to, to compete at that level. Um, you know, it was a, it was a rude awakening for, for a program that, you know, obviously, like you said, we'd fallen on hard times and, uh, and maybe had guys that didn't understand what it took. Um, so it was, uh, you know, a, an interesting transition um, that, that wasn't, wasn't right away. Like you said, you know, year one, I think it was instilling that and year two came out in 2003, um, started to win games and believe and the, the support from the community, the alumni, the, the brigade was, was incredible. Um, you know, and really then, then started a, started a turnaround, um, you know, for the program going forward. And Sean was the starting offensive tackle for that 2003 team and Navy led the nation in rushing that year. And then Sean graduated with a degree in economics. And then Sean, you kind of got into, uh, personnel, but I, I, I don't think you did that initially. You kind of quickly summar summarize your Naval career. Sure, sure. So I graduated in 2004 uh, as a service warfare officer. So I reported my first ship, um, you know, in, in that time frame, late 2004. So obviously the tempo, operational tempo was high. Um, uh, you know, joined a ship in, in the middle of the deployment, uh, the USS Juno, uh, an amphibious ship based out of Sasebo, Japan. So I was there for, um, for about a year and a half. Um, I'd had some knee injuries while I was uh, in school and playing football uh, and then con continued to have problems while I was there. So uh, unfortunately, was forced after that time frame to uh, to reevaluate what I was doing. I, I, I was medically disqualified from continuing the service warfare community. So I had to find something new to do. Um, so I, I was assigned back to uh, the, the surface warfare um, command staff in, in San Diego, and uh, was at that point then working in, in an HR personnel standpoint. Uh, so put in a package to, to laterally transfer in that community was was selected, and, and that's what led to that transition. And what you did in the service wound up helping you as you transitioned into working for the Navy football program. You're the director of player personnel. And I can tell you all and our listeners that Sean McGee radically changed Navy football recruiting. His knowledge of databases and how to network. And I mean, Navy dramatically improved its ability to recruit nationwide, to identify recruits. And he did a terrific job. In fact, he did such a fantastic job that Jim Harbaugh hired him away to come to Michigan to do the same thing. But, Sean, talk about your time at Navy under Coach Niamat serving in that role. And obviously, Keenan Reynolds was uh, as good a recruit as Navy found. Uh, I mean, did, did, did your database turn up Keenan Reynolds? From <laughs> so I'll uh... – you know, I'll say uh, I'll, I'll come back to uh, to Keenan because uh, I feel like even where I am now, uh, multi parts uh, have to thank uh, Keenan for that. But uh, but you know, really coming back to then then starting that role and, and what we did and, and accomplished, uh, you know, in those years, uh, you know, I'd, I'd finished grad school and um, Coach Niamat's like a second father to me, and you know, he was my position coach as a player. Uh, you know, even the time after I graduated was, was serving active duty. We'd maintained a close relationship and. Uh, 
what I was doing and some different things, we, we'd have conversations from time to time about strategies and, and he'd pick my brain about, about what I thought about this and, hey, this is something we're trying to do and, and went back and forth. And then, um, you know, finally one day uh, said, hey, you know, I want you to come do this full time uh, and, and work on the staff. Uh, you know, it, it, I'll be honest, I, I had at that point, I loved what I was doing in the Navy and I, I, I wanted to do it as a career. I, I wanted to be an admiral one day. And, uh, but it, it, uh, it changed uh, the trajectory in the course of, uh, of my life and career and uh, joined the staff. And, and obviously Keenan's class was, was really the, the, that first class, um, you know, that, that came in and, and then in the 2012 football season on, um, you know, so, so then coming back to obviously, uh, you know, Keenan did a large part of, uh, of, of, you know, putting the program on a map from a national scale and, and publicity notoriety, um, you know, then when, when Keenan was drafted, um, uh, you know, obviously by the Ravens, uh, I happened to be doing a, a quite a bit and helping kind of the behind the scenes, working with, uh, with folks at the Pentagon, um, working with folks at the Academy, working with the Ravens staff, um, and, uh, you know, I think that led to actually a, a John Harbaugh calling his brother, Jim, and saying, hey, there's a guy in Navy that you should talk to. Uh, so, I, 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 so, again, I have to thank Keaton uh, in a couple of ways for uh, <laughs> helping directly my, my career and uh, where I am today. Keenan, go ahead. Yeah, you know, I, I definitely got to thank you. Uh, I, I was well aware, you know, like Sean said, we were, we were in constant communication, kind of going back and forth, kind of keeping us updated. Um, Sean had he, he had people in the right spots that, that had the right influence on the right ears to help help move that situation along. So he was definitely like a core tenant of being able to get picked up, get into the league right away uh, in the situation and, and, and get put in the, you know, the reserve component the way I did. I mean, everything kind of fell together perfectly. So super thankful to you, Sean, for that. Really appreciate it. Um, I'm sure you're loving it up there in Ann Arbor. I hope they're treating you right. And uh, <laughs> it's really good to see you again. Oh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. So, Keenan, when you were a player at Navy, did you realize what great work Sean was doing behind the scenes to help recruiting and up the talent level at the, in the program? So, I mean, I knew he was in charge of recruiting because some one of the things that, you know, you as, we as players did was we would be participating in some of the visit weekends. So, you know, you'd always, we'd always be working with John and, and others just kind of like setting up the logistics and like who would be where and when would we be there. And he's obviously introducing us to new recruits and stuff. And so I've participated there, but then I think probably my, when, when Joe was coming out and Joe was, was setting up his, getting his opportunity to play, that's when I started to take notice of like all the different things he was doing, kind of liaison, uh, uh, being a liaison between the Academy and the NFL and like working with the scouts and like then after my senior year, during my senior year, you know, he would tell me about different scouts coming through. Like, so he was definitely really, you know, well up on how that process worked um, and was like the point person for real on like getting Navy football players that could play exposure to these scouts. And he was the person that they came and talked to and that they asked, they asked about, asked him about different players. And, you know, he had, he had a lot, spent a lot of time with him. So, um, was aware of that, and it definitely grew as, as I got closer and closer to graduation. And the NFL became more of a reality than a dream. And Keenan's referring to Joe Cardona, the long staff of the New England Patriots. Um, so, Sean, I mean, you, you were there during the Keenan Reynolds era, and we all watched it. It was amazing. And he set you know, so many incredible records, both for Navy, the program, and nationally. And that touchdown record is just epic. Um, 
what were your thoughts on Keenan as a player? You know, first and, and foremost, Keenan had an unbelievable ability to manipulate the fronts defensively, uh, to understand and see a component of the game, um, you know, and, and get the team in the right position. Um, I remember in the 2015 season, obviously, which, which had tremendous success and Keenan had a, a tremendous individual success. Um, I remember charting at the end of the year, you know, when, when, again, we were trying to push Keenan to have, you know, be noticed for national awards, um, you know, when they were talking about, well, you know, the passing statistics and he doesn't have enough, this doesn't have enough that we're talking about, well, I'm going to chart all the pitches, for example, that, that he put the ball in the air in a different form than, than having a forward pass. But, you know, people who haven't played an offense like this don't understand how difficult it is uh, to pitch both with your right, with your left hand on the move accurately. And I think when we charted the entire season, there might have been one out of kind of center mass pitch uh, on the, on the entire season. It was something like, like 270 or something like that opportunities. Um, so really just, just flawless execution. Um, unbelievable leader. I still, even today, uh, you know, talk about both Keenan and then Bernie Sarah were the captains of, of that 2015 team. Uh, that was as good as it gets from, from a terms, in terms of peer leadership, um, taking ownership of a team, uh, that, that senior class was incredible. Uh, I still use that with our guys here as an example of, of how to, you know, how to behave in that, in those act with those responsibilities. Um, but no, Keenan was a, was a, was a gifted athlete, but more than being, you know, with his athletic gifts was, was so mentally ahead uh, and, and able to do just things. Um, and you, you never really saw him take a huge shot too. I know he took a couple during his career, but the fact that he could play for four years uh, in a position like that without taking uh, a tremendous amount of huge shots. I mean, that's, that's just innate ability to feel where defenders are, to feel where tacklers are coming from. Um, so yeah, extraordinarily gifted. Well, and I can tell you right now, I, I have never watched the Heisman Trophy ceremony ever since <laughs> Keenan was not a finalist. Cause that was an absolute sham he should have been a finalist. It was terrible. But uh, you mentioned something that just transitioned me because you're now at Michigan, a big time program, one of the most story. You know, we're talking about this is Notre Dame week for Navy, and Coach Diamatololo says every year this is one of the greatest football programs in college football history, right up there with the likes of Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan, USC, a storied program. What's it like to be there? I mean, the Michigan fans are just rabid, crazy. Um, they love the Wolverines. Um, it's immense responsibility to be part of that program and keep it at the level that is expected year in and year out. I mean, obviously, we all have respect for the Harbaugh brothers. Both of them have been such incredible coaches at every level, everywhere they've been. Jim Harbaugh, great coach. Just tell us your, what it's like to be part of the Michigan program. And, you know, it's got to be pretty cool. Yeah, no, I've, I've, uh, I've been unbelievably fortunate, you know, for this opportunity. I've uh, uh, yeah, blessed with, uh, you know, the fact that I, I can you know, work in a program, uh, obviously a story program, like you said, uh, work with, with Coach Harbaugh and his staff. That's, that's incredible. Um, you know, and then, and then personally, my day-to-day of, of having a different, the exposure to the what programs of this magnitude, um, you know, ask you or, uh, or require you to, to be a part of is, uh, has been great for my own personal development. It's, uh, 
uh, Ann Arbor and the University of Michigan, it also was a special place in that, you know, when I was leaving and choosing to leave the academy, I wasn't going to leave to go anywhere. I wanted to go to a place that, uh, you know, a couple with a couple key factors of, of, of one being, you know, being a program of magnitude like this, but two, being around football players that, you know, I could have my kids be around and, and th that I wanted them to be around role models and, and guys that I had you know, tremendous respect for, like, like we did at Navy and my kids growing up with, you know, with, uh, with Keenan or Malcolm or, or one of those guys, you know, being, being the quarterback and being around them. Um, and this was a place that had that. And this was a place that uh, you know, feel, uh, feel very strongly about the, the individuals that we bring into this program and that around it. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, what I, one of the big takeaways is, is at any level, whether it's playing in front of 111,000 uh, or playing in front of 35,000, football is football. Um, and it comes down to the, the, to the key, key components of that. Um, but it, it certainly is interesting of the, the problems, um, objectives, uh, and uh, yeah, just different facets of a, of a program um, that you're dealing with at, uh, at, at a magazine like this. But uh, an unbelievably fortunate to be in this position. Well, it's interesting because Navy football is infiltrating Michigan football. Sean Nua, who was the D-line coach here at Navy and loved Sean Nua, he is now at Michigan. Uh, Sidney Sims, who was a, uh, uh, I guess, a kind of an, doing an internship with Navy Sports Information Department, and I love her. She was awesome. I knew she was headed for great things. She's at Michigan. Um, so uh, a lot of Navy folks. So you kind of mentioned it, but do you talk to the Michigan players about the Naval Academy, the services, I mean, just everything about what is your life and history, is it translate to a civilian school like Michigan? Can you, and, and the other question I had is I, I get a feeling that Jim Harbaugh must have great respect for the military to be hiring guys that have Navy, you know, backgrounds. Yeah. You know, when um, coach Harbaugh hired me and after coming on board here, um, you know, he told me his vision in the program of, you know, he wanted, he wanted one guy to be able to, to run everything off the field. So, um, you know, originally I was hired as the director of player personnel, very similar job of what I did at Navy, but, but after arriving, he you know, said, Hey, I'm, I'm really looking for someone that can oversee recruiting personnel, uh, but oversee operations, be the liaison to donors, uh, to alumni, uh, liaison to administration compliance, uh, so, so essentially all, everyone in our building, um, having a point person that he could go to where he, he's not going to the, you know, the other, all the other departments just, just wanted one person. So similar to what he'd had in an NFL operation. Um, so on top of that, when he said he was looking for someone that had a, you know, a detailed oriented background, a process oriented background, um, he has tremendous respect for the military. He's a huge history buff, uh, loves World War II, um, historian that way. Um, and so tremendous respect. Uh, we've, uh, been fortunate. It's been, been pretty cool things that we've done recently. And actually, uh, uh, you know, we had a tough, uh, tough loss against arrival last week against Michigan state, but, um, uh, to guard our practice field last week, we actually had the, uh, the, the Michigan ROTC unit, um, have a couple members, uh, uh, help us, uh, guard a perimeter of our, uh, of our practice field. If just in case we had anyone that wanted to come by and, uh, you know, shoot any camera footage, um, you know, but we have, you know, for example, this summer, the, the, the captain and crew of, uh, members of the crew of the, you know, USS Gerald Ford, um, you know, came here for a, for a namesake visit, uh, Gerald Ford being, 
you know, a graduate and former player at the University of Michigan, uh, also a member of the Navy, was a service warfare officer. Um, you know, crew spent a couple of days with us this, this summer. Uh, we've had guests, we've had, we've had SEALs, um, we've had uh, actually the Blue Angels um, and uh, another former player, uh, Julius Bratton, um, uh, were here this summer and they, they, they came and worked out with us for a couple of days. So, you know, he's a, he's a huge supporter um, of, the, of the military and loves, uh, loves the Navy and loves um, you know, people who come from that background. Well, Keenan, any further thoughts with Sean? And I have to say, Sean's family is just beautiful. His wife, Sarah, and their children. If you looked at any photo that they put out on social media, it's like a postcard. This is the <laughs> perfect family, the most beautiful family I've ever seen, <laughs> wife and children. But uh, take us out with Sean, as, uh, Keenan. No, I'm just uh, super proud of everything you're doing, man, and so great to see you and you know let please let coach knew i said uh what's going on um wish you guys nothing but but the best of luck going forward and uh man, it's just good to talk to you and, and kind of catch up on old times oh, absolutely keenan it's uh it's always a pleasure man and, and uh obviously love continuing to follow your career and everything you're doing uh i think the the biggest thing that i'm blessed with and in, in, in a role and opportunity like this is uh is to see what we're young men becoming, you know, husbands, fathers, adults, working professionals and seeing the growth. It's, uh, uh, it makes all of us unbelievably proud, um, you know, to, to see your success and, and, and all of the guys who've come, uh, similar to what Wags was just saying. I, I love, uh, opening social media and seeing, uh, seeing all the guys and, and, and following their careers from afar and hearing from guys from time to time. It's, uh, it, it's amazing. You know, I, I feel unbelievably fortunate as well. I feel like I've been a part of, you know, the, the two best rivalries in all of sports, right? Army, Navy, and Ohio State, Michigan. And, and even still, I tell the guys here, like, uh, you know, yes, the, the Ohio State, Michigan game, it's, uh, it's huge. It's tremendous. It's, uh, it's, it's filled with passion, angst. Uh, but uh, there's nothing like Army, Navy. No doubt. Amen to that. Sean, great seeing you, buddy. Thank you so much for being the subject of our alumni spotlight segment presented by New Day USA. Sean, Good luck going uh, forward and beat Ohio State. Yes, sir. So Keenan and I alluded before we went to our alumni spotlight segment with Sean McGee about my concern is bright lights, big stars, Ty Lavatai, sophomore quarterback, Notre Dame Stadium. He goes in there and he's all struck and brain freezes up. But you did it. As a sophomore quarterback, you played at Notre <laughs> Dame Stadium, as you just mentioned. Mm -hmm. um, is that the key? Ty Lavatai has to run this offense and lead Navy to touchdowns. Is so, Ty Lavatai the key to victory? He is. But, and I think something that Sean said was so good. He was like, it doesn't matter if it's 110,000 or 35,000. Football is football. At the end of the day, the assignment is the same. The requirements are the same. I know our listeners are probably like, man, Find another tagline. You always say this every week. And I'm like, well, I mean, it's, that's what it is. I, there is no, like, magic pixie dust I can put on anything to make it different. Like, it is what it is, right? So he's just going to have to go in. He's going to take, you know, this this dude. I, if I was Coach Jasper, Coach Nehemiah, I'm going to get him the ball first play. Like, let's do some type of design QB run. Let him get hit. Let him realize, oh, wait, this is the same as it's been the last six weeks. Okay, I'm good. And then you just go ahead and run your offense the way you run it. Like me personally, I used to like to let me run the ball or let me throw a quick hitch or something. 
to realize that I can still play, you know, when, you, when you're playing against like in a big time game like that. And then what it usually happens to people in big games, whether it's like Navy, Notre Dame, Army, Navy, Air Force, uh, Navy, is you get so like psyched up or psyched out about the game and the situation and what's going on that you forget like fundamental basics of what you're supposed to be doing. So that's why when you 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 see teams like completely break down in major games, you're like, we've never seen this before. And the reason is because the players are so just in their heads about what's going on about the situation that they can't even function the way that they know how. The idea is you want to be in flow. You want to be not even thinking about anything, almost unconscious, as they said. You know, if you if you, you ever listen to announcers when when Steph Curry's shooting and he's just he's just letting them go, you know what I'm saying? They say he's unconscious. And basically what they mean by that um, to anyone that was confused is that he's just not even thinking. He's just going through the flow that he's done a thousand times. Ty has run our basic stuff a thousand times. So all you got to do is do the same thing he was doing on a practice field all week, all summer, all spring, the year before. You know what I'm saying? And then you apply that and you'll be fine. Like it, it hasn't changed. It's just you're in South Bend now. So you get to play in a stadium that a lot of people don't get to see. You get to play in front of 100,000 fans. A lot of players don't get to do that. Enjoy it. Take advantage of it. And the best way to enjoy it is to ball out. Simple as that. Well, it's interesting because one of the questions that was asked of Ken Niamatloa this week was, well, you know, going into Notre Dame Stadium and this incredible stage, and it's, you know, it's really an iconic, historic stadium. Touchdown Jesus, fair catch, core boy, all of what goes in. I mean, it's just legendary and all the highs and trophy. I mean, but Coach Niamat said that in all my years, I've seen it all. I've seen guys go in there and they're just all struck and like, overwhelmed and many seen other guys like you probably who were steely eyed and like, let's get it on. We're going to play. We're going to win. But he, he said, he's seen it all. And he said, see, see, he actually said the other word he used is I've seen some guys who are just bewildered. <laughs> what? So during your time in Navy, did you, do you remember seeing a couple guys on your team? You're like, Oh no, man, these guys, man, they're psyched out from the get go. They're overwhelmed by this atmosphere. Honestly, no, I wasn't even paying attention to nobody. You know, one thing about me is I get kind of like tunnel vision almost uh, to a point where like I don't I don't see or hear anything or anybody like pregame and stuff like that. Like I'm in my own world. So I don't even honestly, I couldn't tell you. And then when I go play, like I try to be as like nonchalant as possible when I when I run out on the field, like this isn't a big deal type of thing. That was just my 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 deal. And I, I mean, it worked. It's, I felt like I played pretty decent every time I went to South Bend. But um, I, I certainly know that people get out there and it's like, "What are you doing? Like, we've never taught you that. <laughs> we've never went over that. We've never we've never seen you do that. And now all of a sudden, you're doing it. And it's like, what's going on? And that's exactly what I'm talking about. Where the guys just feel like they have to be extra special, and you don't. Like, you just have to continue to do you, do what you've been doing. Do the reason there's a reason you're a starter. You know, just keep doing what you've been doing and, and, you know, improve on the mistakes that you've made and just do your assignment. Like, it's not <laughs> – I wish I could come up with, like, a rah-rah or like a special sentence to, like, make it more flashy or sexy, but it really ain't. And that's the whole point. And, and people that accept that are the people that go out and perform in, in big-time moments. I'll leave the last word before we take this one out to our producer, Chris Cervello. Um, Chris, last thoughts on Navy Notre Dame. Anything you might want to ask Keenan? Yeah, Keenan, um, you know, what, what are you going to look at, you know, that you'll know right away 
whether or not the offense has put the work in and if they're hitting on all cylinders. Um, you, you know, what, what thing maybe that the average fan might miss are you going to be looking for? You know, that's a really, really good question. Uh, I, top of my head, I want to say first play, right? Um, because I remember several games, uh, Notre Dame my senior year, Houston my senior year, Air Force my senior year. And, Bill, if you go back and look at these these games, the very first offensive plays were all – I had big runs in all of those games on the very first play. And that's when I felt like, oh, yeah, we about to we about to click. Now, we only won out of those three games. We only won one. But we, I mean, we offensively, we were, we were clicking, right? So, I mean, I think I would say that. But then there's been games where you just sputter. I, I remember a game where I fumbled the first play and we lost the ball. And then I end up – running for like 250 yards that game. So it's hard to kind of judge the first play. Um, I think I'm going to just try to be more tuned in to like tie and like being able to determine, because sometimes it's tough to determine, like, is that a, is that a give call? Is that a call give or is that a triple? And he missed a read. So for me, I'm going to be trying to look at, you know, how is he reacting to the defense? Is he changing a play? What's his demeanor like at the line of scrimmage? Um, how is he looking running the offense? Is he running scared? Is he running hard? Just little things like that I'll probably try to pick up on. Well, one quick follow-up. I mean, we always talk about, you know, the key to the option is staying on schedule. But it seems like against teams like Notre Dame, that's even more important. Um, do you see that? Or is it just universal? It doesn't matter who you play. Staying on schedule is the key to, you know, keeping that momentum and keeping those drives going. No doubt it's the key for this triple option offense every week because um, we're not built for second and 17. We're not built for third and 11. Um, so you, you want to be second and seven, third and fourth. But especially in a game like this where we have to score points, which means we need to stay on schedule so we can sustain drives and get points at the end of those drives, even more important because here you have too many three and outs. You know what I'm saying? Like, for, for example, uh, how long was it last week before we got a first down? Remind me again. The For pretty much the whole first half. The I whole mean, first half. You five, against the first five possessions were punt, 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 uh, turnover on downs. So uh, against a team like Notre Dame, you're down twenty-eight to nothing before you even got a first down. So we keep giving the ball back; they're going to score. Like you can't ask the defense to keep holding them and just keep holding them until we figure it out. Like this ain't Tulsa, you know what I'm saying? This is Notre Dame, and they've been prolific for as long as I can remember. So they're going to score points. It's not a knock against our defense, but they're going to score points. They're scoring everybody. You know what I'm saying? They're scoring everybody. So they're going to score points. Um, so if you're if it's four or five possessions where it's three and out, oh, we it's going to be a long day. So can we first drive? Can we can we get one first down? And 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 I'm not saying that from a place of desperation, but like that first first down is going to show the guys that hey, we can move the ball against Notre Dame. All it takes is just a little, just a wee bit of confidence. And it's like, oh, we can do this. We actually, we are pretty decent offense when we actually do our job. Okay. And then you got confidence, now you're rolling. But if you get out there and it's two, three, four, three and outs, guys ain't saying it, but I guarantee you they're thinking like, man, it's about to be a long day. You know what I'm saying? But nobody's going to actually come out and say that, but it's it's definitely coming through, rolling through their heads. So a first, a first down in the first drive, especially if we get the ball first, it's going to be huge because once you do that or you or you go right down the field and, and you go 80 yards for a touchdown, man, I'm telling you, all I've been saying it every week. When, this, when the offense finishes drives like that and they go down and score the first time they got the ball, man, it just juices the defense up, it juices the offense. So confidence, man, momentum, 
is a hell of a thing. And that's really what makes the world go around on several fronts, not just ball, business, life, everything. Confidence is the key. So if you can continue to stay, if you can build that up and, and recognize that confidence in yourself, um, you know, the players can do that. We'll, we'll be we'll have a chance to be real successful this weekend. Well, and as I said on our Sing Second Sports podcast, two things that cannot happen. No special teams blunders. Well, Navy cannot have any special teams mistakes in this one because it's, it, you know, you got no margin for error. So no block kicks. I already said Tyron Williams, their incredible tailback, who's so talented and a game breaker. He's also their kickoff and punt returner. Do not kick the ball to him. Period. End of story. And the other thing you cannot have is turnovers. In 2019, when Navy finished 11-2, beat Kansas State in the Liberty Bowl, great team led by Malcolm Perry. But I'm sorry, and I'm not talking Malcolm, but Malcolm lost the game. He committed three fumbles. The very first possession, Notre Dame had scored on its opening possession of the game. Navy got the ball back, went right down the field, and was in about to enter the red zone, and Malcolm fumbles. And I'm like, it's over. This, this I could tell already. And Malcolm then would later commit two more fumbles, one in his own territory that led directly to score, can't have turnovers. And that's how the 2019 got out of hand is that Malcolm fumbled three times. So you agree with that, Keenan? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you turn the ball over, it's going to get ugly quick because um, it's all momentum confidence thing, man. And, and it just swings back and forth, right? So staying sharp on special teams, like you said, uh, no turnovers, like you said, that's going to be major. Um, we can play clean on the turnover front and we can play clean on special teams. I mean, that already that, – that, that evens the playing field. You know what I'm saying? So we'll see. All right, everybody. Thanks again for listening to another edition of the Believe in Navy Football podcast. Thanks to Keenan Reynolds for his outstanding analysis as always. Thanks to Chris Cervello for his what he does as our producer. He is our unsung hero. We will talk to you next week when we break down the Notre Dame game, win or lose. Thank you so much. If you're a fan of the Believe in Navy football podcast, be sure to check out Sing Second Sports wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Several times a week, special guest Bill Wagner, along with host John Schofield and Ward Carroll, help you stay up to date with the latest in Naval Academy sports news as they dive into the physical mission of the Naval Academy and look at varsity sports, club sports, and intramurals at the Naval Academy. So be sure to check out Sing Second Sports. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.